Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. I want to personally welcome you to the intersection of theology and Christian education. You are tuning into Anchored. Anchored is a new ministry of Peoria Christian School where we gather the PCS Bible team in order to provide biblical answers to the various claims of the culture. Uh, normally, I have a guest with me, but today I am lonely in the Anchored Studios, but that is okay because we are still going to have a good conversation today. I'm not sure if you're joining me, whether you're on the uh, the drive to work this morning, maybe you're sitting down for a meal, or maybe you just had some free time and you were shuffling through the various podcasts on iTunes. But either way, I am glad you are here, and I'm going to ask that we turn on our minds because I think the topic we're going to interact with today will be both interesting and sanctifying if we decide to let uh, the Spirit apply His words to us. So with that, in class, in Bible class this past week, we interacted with a current event that I think uh, will, will, will be beneficial for us to talk about today. In fact, we analyzed this article where a study was done where millennials and the younger generation feel more anxiety, they feel more stressed out. In fact, they feel their lives are more difficult and harder to live with more challenges, more obstacles, things they see as previous generations not having to struggle with. Now, whether or not you think uh, the younger generations have a more difficult life, that's up to you to decide. But what is very real is that it seems our young people feel more anxiety, feel more stress, and that impacts how they live their lives. And during this conversation, I challenged my students to, to respond to this, to, you know, what type of advice would you give to a peer that feels too stressed or just feels a lot of anxiety about what's going on? And we got some quality answers that I want to share with you today. And also, I want to share with you uh, some scriptural truths that will help you uh, when you're dealing with anxiety or stress. So we had a few students talk about how, uh, as Christians, we don't have to be overly stressed. We don't have to be overly anxious because we have a sovereign God who is in control and never uh, is surprised by what happens next. And I was impressed because this is so true. As Christians, we may not know what's going to happen tomorrow, but we have a God who does. We may not know how we'll provide for our family 10, 20 years from now, but God does. In fact, for our students, they may not know how they'll do next uh, on their next Bible test, but God knows. And this is so true because when we sit back and recognize how little we actually control in our lives, that can initially be scary. That can initially cause anxiety and understandably so. I mean, we can think of different tragedies that have happened where people uh, unexpectedly uh, fall into health issues where there's cancer, there's heart attacks, there's all these things going on, the coronavirus. Or maybe we think of uh, tragedies where it comes to accidents like what happened, uh, sadly, with uh, Kobe Bryant and his daughter and everyone on that helicopter. We look at life and, wow, things could go wrong in numerous different ways. And if there was no sovereign God in control, we would have every reason to be scared. We would have every reason 
to be filled with anxiety. In fact, we'd have every reason to be stressed out because guess what? We can't even control the fact that our heart is going to keep beating. I mean, tomorrow we could wake up and our heart could stop. We could wake up tomorrow and the sun could start sh- stop shining. We can think of all these different ways that are outside of our control that could make things go terribly wrong. And the student pointing this out, that challenged me to to think with more biblical clarity and to live my life in a way that actually lives out what I confess, and that is that a sovereign God is in control. So the first thing I want to talk with you about is the fact that if you're feeling anxiety this morning, if you feel stressed out, and I, I can sympathize, there are a lot of things going on in my own life that can stir up some anxiety. That can stir up some stress. But just like my student reminded me, I want to remind you that we worship a God who promises to be in control. We worship a God that is bigger than your problems. In fact, our problems may seem big to us, but to God, they aren't that big at all. And I want to remind you that when we have a sovereign God who is in control, we can rest. We can't rest in the hands of a sovereign, good, loving God who promises to work out all things for good for those who love him. Without God, we have every reason to stress. Without God, we have every reason to feel anxiety. But with the God of Scripture, we have every reason to rest. So let me read you a passage from Isaiah 46 that reminds us of what my student reminded me that God is in control. Listen to this. Isaiah 46, we're going to begin here in verse 8. Remember this and stand firm. Recall it to mind, you transgressors. Remember the former things of old, for I am God, and there is no other. I am God, and there is none like me, declaring the end from the beginning. And from ancient times, things not yet done, saying, My counsel shall stand, and I will accomplish all my purpose. Calling a bird of prey from the east, the man of my counsel from a far country, I have spoken, and I will bring it to pass. I have purposed, and I will do it. That was through verse 11 of Isaiah 46. And wow, what a good reminder of the sovereign God we worship. Think about this. God says this, verse 8, remember this and stand firm. Wow, he could be talking to me this morning. Remember this and stand firm. This was something the Israelites of old back in Isaiah's time needed to remember, and so do we. What are to what are we to remember and stand firm in? That God is God and there is no other. That God is God and there's no one like him. That God is a God who declares the end from the beginning, whoa, just just meditate on that for a second. He declares the end from the beginning, not he uh, merely knows the end from the beginning, but he declares it. In some sense, he proclaims it. In some sense, there is intentionality that God from the beginning declared, proclaimed, not merely knew, but declared what the end would be all the way from the beginning. If God can do that, I think he can deal with our problems. 
I think he can deal with the anxieties of our day-to-day life. If God can declare the end from the beginning, I can trust that he will declare how you will provide for your family 10 years from now. Or he will be able to declare, know, and take care of maybe the stress in your job, the stress in your marriage, the stress in your classwork, whatever it may be that we think is a problem that's huge. The God of Scripture not merely knows how things will turn out, but he declares it. And he promises, we know, through the New Testament and the Gospels that he takes care of his own. I am so glad, so encouraged that we worship a God who doesn't uh, get surprised with the future. We don't worship a God who just reacts to things and tries to make the best of it. No, we worship a God who declared the end all the way from the beginning. And everything is working out according to plan. So Isaiah is reminding us once again that God is God, we are not. Who shall provide counsel to a God that declares the end from the beginning? Who says, my counsel shall stand? Who says, my purposes will be accomplished? Who says, what I have spoken, I will bring to pass. What I have purposed, I will do it. Nothing can thwart the good, sovereign, providential plan of our God. So rest, saints. (laughs) So rest, Christian. (laughs) Recognize that when we confess God is sovereign, let's actually mean it. No matter what's going on, the God you worship is more powerful than your problems. He is bigger than your anxieties, and he is stronger than the biggest stressors in your life. What God has planned will happen, and we can rest in the reality that our sovereign God is working out his plan for his glory and ultimately our good as uh, children of this sovereign God. So there, there are two main things I want us to gather from our conversation this morning. First and foremost, rest. Yes, we will have some stress. Yes, we'll have some anxiety. And there is some healthy stress, right? There is some healthy anxiety. But when it becomes too much, when it becomes harmful, we need to rest in God's sovereign plan. Like I said before, if there is no God, you have every reason to stress more than you're stressing now. You have every reason to be more anxious than the anxiety you are feeling now because we control so little. We truly do not know what will happen tomorrow, much less later today. But when we worship a God who doesn't only know what will happen tomorrow, but declares it, we can rest. If God doesn't call us home, he will provide for his purposes for us tomorrow. Rest, saint. Secondly, I want to ask you this question as you are pondering the words of scripture. Do you care about God's glory? When you think of your walk with Christ, do you care about God's glory? When you reflect on your relationship with this God of Isaiah 46, are you more concerned about your glory, about your comfort, about your life, or are you more concerned about God's glory? I want to encourage myself, challenge myself, and also encourage you and challenge you to care more about the glory of God rather than merely our own 
comfort. Listen to the next two verses after verse 11 here, starting in verse 12. Listen to me, you stubborn of heart. He could be talking to me, to be honest with you. I find I am stubborn of heart sometimes. Listen to me, you stubborn of heart, you who are far from righteousness. I bring near my righteousness. It is not far off. And my salvation will not delay. I will put salvation in Zion for Israel, my glory. For Israel, my glory. Reflect on these two verses. So this comes right after those preceding verses we just chatted about. The reality that God is a big God. That God is a powerful God. That God is sovereign, he's in control, and it's so easy to think that God is far off, that God doesn't care about me. But then we come to verses 12 and 13 where God says, listen to me, you stubborn of heart. Listen to me, those who are far away, far off from righteousness. And outside of Christ, boy, we were stubborn of heart and we were far from righteousness. He says in verse 13 that he's not going to stay far away. He says in verse 13 that, yes, he is bigger than you and me, but he's not going to stay far away. He says, I bring near, not far, I bring near my righteousness. Wait, I was far from righteousness, but here this sovereign God says, I will bring it near. It is not far off. And my salvation, oh, how we need God's salvation. It won't delay. I will put salvation in Zion for Israel, my glory. Notice how this chapter ends here. It ends with God's glory. Yes, it talks about bringing his righteousness near to us. It talks about bringing his salvation to us without delay, but it ends with saying that, yes, this righteousness is uh, for Israel. Yes, this salvation is for his people, but ultimately it is for his glory. Do you care about God's glory? Is your greatest concern merely for creaturely comforts in this life? Oh, how those waste away. Is your biggest concern that you have good health in this life that is so small compared to eternity? Is your biggest concern financial gain? Is your biggest concern uh, just things that benefit you? Yes, I understand how those are important, but ultimately, if we are to rightfully and biblically worship this sovereign God of Isaiah 46, we need to care and prioritize God's glory, not ours. Think about this. God is working out all these things. He declares the end from the beginning. He is God. There is no other. There is no one truly like him. And he chooses to bring near salvation to those who are far from it. Yes, God cares about us, but ultimately he's working out all these things, including your salvation and mine for his name's sake, for his glory. Yes, for our good, but it's only good because it glorifies God. I ask that as you go forward in your day today, that one, you rest in the reality that our God is in control. Let that truth from Isaiah 46 calm your mind this morning. Let it relieve that anxiety and that stress on your soul. Rest 
in God, but also let's reorient our priorities to care about God's glory rather than our own. Let's worship God for his righteousness coming near to us, for his salvation coming into our lives, ultimately for his glory and our good as a secondary thing. I hope as you go forward today that you can find rest and that you worship a God who cares about his glory because he truly is perfect. Thank you for tuning in to Anchored this morning. This was a quick one, and this was just some theological thoughts on my mind that I garnered from our conversations with our students in our Bible class here at PCS, and that's what I love about working in Christian education is that we can have these important conversations with our students. And I hope they learn a thing or two from me, but I can promise you that I learn a thing or two from them each time we have class. So I hope you too learned something today. And I want to thank you so much for having a conversation with me. And I cannot wait till we talk again on Anchored. God bless.